Welcome to Dead Folks Tales, a New Orleans-centric podcast exploring Southern Gothic stories, history, and hauntings with your host, paranormal and fantasy author, Nola Nash. Find out more at nolanash.com. Now, let's talk about dead people. Or perhaps undead people, as we've got Miss Charlene Harris, who's with us today on Dead Folks Tale. So welcome to this episode. And Charlene, thank you so much for joining us. It is just truly a joy to have you here with us today. It's a pleasure for me also, Nola. Oh, thank you. Now, for those of you who may be going, wait a minute, I know that name. Charlene wrote the Suki Stackhouse series that became True Blood. And so when I say let's talk about undead people let's talk about vampires and being new orleans centric and from south louisiana of course that makes charlene kind of a household name over here and one of my fans because that series did take place in louisiana and which is super awesome to me and actually took place in south louisiana and also um there was another faction of them in Shreveport, which is where I went to college. So I grew up in yeah. Baton Rouge, South Louisiana area, went to college in Shreveport. My daughter is there right now. And so you you just hit all over my favorite spots in that series. But what folks may not know is that is just one of many series that you have written. And I love that they're so varied because you don't, you. Necessarily, don't necessarily think about the author of the True Blood series also being... You know, you've got the Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries uh-huh. on Hallmark as well. Yep. Did you ever have anybody say, wait a minute, aren't you the vampire lady? What are you doing writing Hallmark books? Yeah. I've, well, I've certainly had people uh, be surprised when they met me that I was, you know, an average nice person uh, <laughs> because they they thought, wait a minute, she writes all this stuff and yet she seems like a nice person. It's hard for some readers to separate the, the work from the writer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that Southern drawl that you've got going on. I mean, for me, being from the deep South, hearing that Southern accent, I just love it. And you are in Texas now, but you are not mm-hmm. originally from Texas. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, I'm originally from Mississippi. Uh, I grew up in the Mississippi Delta, and I've never lived anywhere but the South. However, I've lived kind of all over the South, but I'm in Texas now. I love it. Now, my grandmother grew up in Jackson, Louis- Jackson, Mississippi, and so that Jackson, Mississippi accent, that South Mississippi is just, I love it. It's its yeah. such a wonderful accent, and I love this the Southern, and we focus on Southern Gothic stories here and just and how we we in the deep South kind of embrace the paranormal. We embrace the undead. We embrace these stories that perhaps don't necessarily have a real clear line between reality and fiction. I mean, these things, they're so close. And what you write is so close to it could happen that it's very easy to suspend that disbelief in your stories. Is that something that you consciously did? Or is this something that just sort of comes naturally to you? It's certainly something that I consciously did, Nola. Uh, I feel like readers relate more to the characters or, or find that that they like the characters more. When the characters have the same everyday problems mm-hmm. that they do, yes. I, I like to anchor my unreality in reality. And it it just makes people 
more empathetic with the characters. I love that their flaws are not necessarily the flaws that they would have because of the paranormal elements. They are human flaws. They are flaws that yes. we all have and can relate to. And that is that is such a special thing to do in books that maybe are pushing that line between what is believable and what is not believable. And, you know, sometimes with the high fantasy and you've got, you know, all these magical worlds, you know, let's look at Harry Potter and, yeah. you know, things like that, Lord of the Rings. And there's there's very little believability you know you're, you're truly in another world whereas yeah. the books that you write these people could be walking right next to you and you wouldn't know the difference <laughs> because they are so familiar uh -huh. in so many ways there's just that one little thing that makes them truly different and I I think that that is what probably brings a lot of your readers back again to your different series because you do that quite a bit and you do it quite well yeah, I, uh, I've been blessed with a great career, and I am the first to stand back in amazement that, that all this happened. Uh, but of course, it's been delightful, too. I've had so many experiences I would not have had otherwise. Uh, so many people I've met that I never thought I would get to meet. Is it strange? I mean, all of us want, you know, we, we all hope to see our books on the big screen, small screen. Is it is it kind of a surreal experience for you? I mean, you've had several series out from True Blood to Midnight Texas, to the Aurora Tea Garden yeah. Mysteries. You've got several that are out there. Does it ever get less surreal for you? Or is it just kind of becoming old hat now? <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it old hat, but it's it's something I'm a lot calmer about than than I used <laughs> to be. Uh, True Blood was kind of my my ordeal by fire, I learned a lot in a, in a short time uh, about the television industry, about dealing with uh, people who were on that opposite creative spectrum. I work by myself. Their <laughs> effort is hugely collaborative. Mm -hmm. You can't make a movie with one person doing the acting, directing, camera work, makeup, uh, everything. Uh, Set building. You know, yes. Your hammer. <laughs> you have to be a very diverse person with a lot of time on your hands yeah. to do all that. And it would still take forever. But it's just, uh, it's a difference in attitude towards the end product, I think. Did they let you have a lot of input or was it sort of a, you turned it over and they ran with it as oh, they wanted to? Yeah, they ran with it. Um <laughs> You sign the rights to the characters over. Okay. And after that, it's it's kind of up to them. You really have very little say. How As in, no. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, you've signed the rights over. You don't have them anymore. I mean, I wrote no the book. <laughs> to me, the good was that I got a screen credit, all of my own, where people could see every week from the books by Charlene Harris. I love that. And that's what you have to hold on to mm -hmm. in any negotiation because that's what boosts your book sales. True. And to me, that's the good of doing this. Well, that's, and that's an interesting perspective too, because so many times as we're writing, these books are our babies. And so we get so possessive of every single little word, every little thing, you know, we've, we hash it over and over and over again and they become so deeply ingrained in us that 
it is like handing your child over to someone else and saying, do with them what you will. And that has got to be a really strange feeling. But I love the perspective of knowing that your name on that screen, no matter what they've done with those characters, helps to bring people back to your books where those yeah. characters were given that life in the first place. And so back to the who they truly are. I only have control over the books. So I'm always hoping people will come to the, the source material. Excellent. And I hope that they do. Your writing is incredible and it's so much fun. And I want to talk about the new series. This is your new book coming yeah. out. I love, love Today. the covers. I mean, what a gorgeous cover this is. The it whole series is gorgeous. has got really fabulous covers. And this is yes. book four, correct? Yes. This, yeah, it's book four. It's and good. I've turned in book five. Oh, good to know. Good yeah. to know. Now, the interesting thing about this and something that um, I, I really wanted to talk to you about as somebody who I do write series as well, you changed narrator. You changed the focus for book four, which is such an amazing leap for me to think about someone doing. I don't know that I ever would have thought about doing that. How did that come about? What, what made you change the focus? And how is that, do you think, has it been received so far? Well, it's really too early since the book dropped today. But I just wanted to, Felicia has so much backstory and she's such an important character uh, that I wanted to uh, try to, work with her for a while and see what she had to say. And in the next book, they alternate narrating. Oh, that's really cool. So this is the Gunny Rose series. And so yep. Felicia, Felicia was rescued by our narrator in the first three books. Correct. Is that, am I, am I right on that's that? Correct. She's the narrator's, she's Gunny Rose's half sister. Okay. And, the same and, father. and so Gunny Rose has narrated us through all of this, but now we've got, Felicia coming in and then we have Gunny Rose and Felicia in uh, book five yep that is that is really creative I can't think of another series where I have read or I had an author change the focus in the middle of the series and then bring them back I mean that adds so much depth for the reader I would think because rather than making it you know you could have written the whole thing as a third person omniscient got in everybody's heads from the very beginning but you gave us a point of view and now we're, we're adding another layer, which is, is just really so intriguing for the reader, I think. And I think I it's sure hope so. <laughs> I, I really wanted to do this when I, when I thought about it, I thought I can't fill in Felicia's story as backstory. There's mm -hmm. just too much of it. And she's going through such tremendous changes. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to stick with her through this enormous transition in her life and find out what became of her. Yes. And I think when you have a strong secondary character, your readers just naturally want to know more about that, that second character. You know, you've, you've got Gunny Rose, you had three books to really tell us all about Gunny Rose. And now yeah. we really, we've become curious more about Felicia because of all of the things that are going on with Gunny Rose. So now shifting that focus, I think is going to allow you a lot of opportunity to answer some of those questions that the readers are interested in. I, I agree so. with you is probably difficult to do otherwise. 
Yeah, I, they're geographically separated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in completely different environments. And I felt like people knew Gunny by now. They knew where she lived. They knew who she was with, and they knew what she was doing. And I thought, let's let's just uh, hitch a ride with Felicia for a while and see what happens. I love that. I love that. And what, where you have everybody is very interesting as well. So you know, we've we've looked at Louisiana in the True Blood series. We have Midnight Texas. We've got you know all these locations. You've taken kind of the United States and broke it all up. <laughs> like this I did. Like, I did. This <laughs> is so fun. I love this series setting. Really, really, I do. So tell right. me how you how that came about for you. Well. My first character was Lisbeth Rose, Gunny Rose, and I had I knew what I wanted her to do. So I had to create the world that would enable her to do that. Okay. So that was my starting point. And uh, I just, it worked from the little seed at the center on out to, to where I got the world settled to where she could move through it the way I needed her to to move through it. And that's one of the great things about writing fantasy. I mean, even if you are keeping it, you know, a realistic version of fantasy, you know, we, you know, the Lord of the Rings is what we call high fantasy. And then now this is low fantasy, which I think is, it's kind of a sad term for it. Yeah. <laughs> low fantasy just simply means it's on the earth as we know it, you know, in yeah. the world that we know. And so, you know, for people who don't know that, that term, it does make it sound, you know, high fantasy, low fantasy. But low fantasy simply means it's existing in a familiar world for us. So we're not world building here. But in a way, you kind of did because you got to take yeah. something familiar, the United States, break it into different countries, you know, run by different people and factions and you know, all of this stuff. So in fantasy, we have that ability to make the setting what we need it to be and that's yeah. i think one of the just truly great joys of writing fantasy and writing this kind of thing that you just you don't get to do when you're writing something that's more of a you know a literary fiction or something like that is that so is that why you're drawn to that do you think is is it the mm-hmm. is it the characters that pull you into the world or is it the world that kind of pulls you into the characters i know it's with the characters. Rose, it was characters that's been the yeah. case with all of them uh, pretty much uh, when I wrote the Suki series, I wanted to show a woman who couldn't date regular human guys. Uh, and I had to create the reason why, and then I had to create the world where there was an alternative to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had to think of the consequences of it. So it starts with the, the little bitty mustard seed and it just grows. I love how you approach that with that one very small detail. And it's that detail that makes all of these series very unique and they, it makes them stand apart from other things. I mean, if you're looking at vampire series, like the true blood series is, I mean, you have Anne Rice's books, you've got yeah. the vampire diaries, you've got your vampire lore. And yet when you brought that about, it wasn't about the vampire lore as much as it was Suki. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, you know, she's in this world. She's got this thing going on. But yeah. honestly, it's it's her issue <laughs> that we're dealing with. Yeah. And I, I kind of like the fact, too, for those of you who are not familiar with the True Blood series, the whole idea is that there's an alternative to vampires actually needing human blood. And so what that does then is it takes 
the predatory nature out of it. Now they have problems for very different reasons. Now it's just, they just don't, they don't get along. There's, there's like other things. Yeah. Now it's like that humanity side of them is under conflict as well. And so you're seeing even the vampires is a bit more depth to those characters as well, because it's not all about, I'm going to eat you if you don't run away. <laughs> right, right. I wanted there to be uh, checks and balances. And I think you absolutely accomplished that. And I think the idea of that human blood substitute, the true blood, is so fascinating and such an out-of-the-box thing to do with vampire lore. And yet it fits so seamlessly into vampire lore. It's like taking that vampire lore and making it just a bit more modern. Because isn't that what we do with yeah. us so much of our food? Is we find a substitute. If something's not great that's for right. us, we don't find us a substitute. Right. And if that's it's exactly not available or we think of moral reasons for not eating it, we find a yeah. substitute. I love that. It is just such a modern thing. And Charlene, what, what are you hoping that readers take away from... Felicia's story going back to the Gunny Rose series which I love I just love talking about all of them and, and I'm hoping that you will come back and join Laura and I on BYOB because I know she's going to want to talk to you also and we want to talk about the Aurora Tea Garden stories as well but I want to focus on Felicia's story a little bit today and, and make sure that our readers know kind of what you are hoping that they take from that story. I hope they take away a burning desire to read the next one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And what after that? Uh, <laughs> I, I just hope they they consider her life and what she's making of it. She's had a hard a hard road to hoe, mm -hmm. and she is really a strong survivor, just like her sister, mm -hmm. but in a uh, through a different mechanism. She she's never had the family back backing. Uh, mm -hmm. She's never had economic advantages she's never had good nutrition right uh, she's literally she's scrappy <laughs> i love that she is uh but she does not give up and i love the grit i love any story yeah. that has a woman out there with just with grit not so much you know I'll, you know she doesn't need her prince charming she's going to rape her way up to where she needs to be and yes. there's just something inspirational about and just fun you just root for that character that has so much grit that just keeps fighting keeps going keeps overcoming those odds even if they get knocked down a few times and I think it's great that we get to see Felicia do that because she is in a very different situation than Gunny Rose is and what a great way to highlight that is by giving her her own book with her own yeah. perspective within the series. And so rather than spinning it off into a different series, I just I think it's just so creative to give her her own book and then bring Gunny Rose back in for book five. I mean, oh, that well, is just you. fantastic. So many people would be tempted to just spin it off and give Felicia her own series. But keeping the threads together with the, the two sisters I think is just truly, truly creative and just what a wonderful idea. And I do hope that it is well received by the readers because for the uniqueness of the idea, but also for the depth that it gives the characters in the story itself. Oh, thank you. You are most, most welcome. So as people are looking to find you, I mean, other than HBO and Hallmark, <laughs> where can they find you with your books where, where the characters do truly live in your heart? How, where, where all are you for people to find you? Social media? Do you hang out in 
different reader groups? Do you have groups that you hang out with, the websites, things that you do? I have a I have a professional Facebook page, and I do respond to questions on there. Oh, excellent! Uh, uh, I have a website. I respond. It, it's under construction now. We had some problems with our platform, and we're getting that all worked out. So hopefully, excellent. it will be uh, up and running quite soon. And I, and, you know, I answer questions. I don't I don't mind. Uh, I love that. As long as it's not somebody <laughs> saying. Your smile is so beautiful. Oh, God. You know, and I'm just going, <laughs> Don't we hate those? I mean, yeah, I, you know. I really do. I really do. I, <laughs> I like, think there's anything better to do in your time. Right. Right. I mean, ask me a legitimate question about my work. Let me know that you're a real person and a real yeah. reader. And I think, you know, we've said this on this show and I've said it with Laura on BYOB. Um, readers, we love to hear from our readers. We love to hear what they're taking away from our books. And as much as, you know, I can ask you, what do you hope that they take away? There's something very special when a reader says, you know, this is what this book meant to me. This is what I took from that. And as authors, if they don't tell us, we don't know. And so it's very nice to have that communication and to be able to get in touch with the author, to pass that along to them. And I'm always afraid that maybe, maybe readers are too shy to do that or they think that they are imposing in some way but i think by and large most authors enjoy that kind of feedback to know that their their book meant something to someone it it always makes me feel like i'm doing the right thing when yes. a reader says my mom was dying of cancer and i read your books to her to take her mind off chemotherapy you don't you don't throw anything like that away. That's no. that warms your heart and makes you feel like you're really in the right business. It Absolutely. really does. Absolutely. And it's those kinds of things that keep us going. You know, it I, is. I, you got to have that. You got to have that to know, you know it's, it's worth the, the blood, sweat, tears, hours and sleepless nights that we put into this because yeah. we know that there is, it means something to someone. And sometimes it's just even that one person, you know, it, it reached that one person and that makes it all worthwhile. A story like that. And it so- really does. It really does. I'm, I'm so, so fortunate to have very kind readers, uh, readers that bookstores are happy to have. Okay. Uh, I love that. It, it really makes you feel good about the people that, that read my books. And of course mm-hmm. I take that as a, as a really positive thing in my life. And that just goes to show that it, who you are is coming through in the books that you write as oh. well. And I mean, you are just such a kind, kind spirit. And it has been such a joy having some time to sit down with you. And I know your time is so valuable and you've got so much going on. I appreciate the time that you have taken to chat with me today. And I know that the readers appreciate the time that you take when you're responding to them, when they reach out to you as well. And, and that is that it's just, I hope that they continue to read your books and to, to find those stories that they want to share with you and how they've touched their lives. And just even if all it is, is you took me away to a different world, a different yes. place for a while when everything else seems so crazy. I know that I can open the pages of a Charlene Harris book and disappear for a while 
and just know that I've gone on a great adventure. That's what all Mm -hmm. we readers are looking for. Yes. To have a little vacation. Mm -hmm. Now, Charlene, as a reader, and I know that you are a reader when you're not a writer, what is it that you like to read best? If you're going to disappear into a book, Mm -hmm. do you have a particular genre that you like to read? Do you have a favorite book that you've read over and over again? Oh, sure. Um, I have a feature on my website called Book and Blog, and I talk about the books I've read and enjoyed. You can look there and see what I've enjoyed for maybe the past three years, and that would be a lot. Um, (laughs) In general, I like anything by Jody Taylor, anything by Patricia Briggs, anything by Kelly Armstrong, uh, anything by Sarah Painter. Oh, good choices. Uh, anything choices. by Daniel O'Malley. Oh, uh, yes. yes. So, so good. So good. Uh, and great there ones. are so many. Uh, every, <laughs> time I, every time I name the ones I like, I think, oh, I should have said so-and-so. I, <laughs> I do the same thing. But that's awesome that you have that on the website as well. And so that will continue as the website yeah. as, is kind of under construction and being, yeah. you know, put back together again. That will continue to be a feature on the website then for your sure readers. Sure will. Well. Sure will. That's great. And I, I love that, that you can put that out there as an author. So often we, we have to wonder, you know, what are they reading? Cause we know that it is, you, you know, it takes a good reader to be a good writer. Cause that's how we, that's how I, we I learn. And grow. That. If somebody tells me they don't read much, I go, oh. mm, you've got yeah. to, you've got to. And I, I think so many, so many writers, when they say that, they couch it with, I don't want to accidentally copy someone else's work. But I, I think that, that that's not that's not a good reason not to do it. You know, I think you you grow. You, you grow. You learn. You learn. You Gosh, learn I learned that. so much from other people's work. Oh, yes. And sometimes there'll be one little thing in there. Maybe it's one tiny little word, one tiny little phrase that will spark something larger in you. Yeah. You're not copying their work. You were inspired by their work and, and you're not going to redo it. You're going no. to take something and, you know, they have like your mustard seed. They have given you that mustard seed that you now need to go and create something special on your own. And so there's so much to be said for writers who read. And the fact that you share that with your readers is tremendous because that supports those authors that you are fond of. I hope so. Which is great. And it, you know, oftentimes readers are going to look at your work and go, you know, I love all of her books. I've read all of her books. I want to, I want to read something else that maybe Charlene Harris would be reading. And that lets them know that if you like it, chances are they will too. And so that's a great way to pick a new book. Yeah. Just read more, read more read them all. And you have a treasure trove of books for everyone to read because you have several series out there and they're all fantastic. So thank you. I hope that folks will pick those books up. Um, It is an honor, an honor to get to talk to you today. It has truly been my pleasure. It really Thank you. And I'm, I'm so glad you invited me and I look forward to talking to you and Laura. Oh, we, she's already, she's like, okay, so ask Charlene. (laughs) I will ask Charlene. (laughs) She's excited about getting to talk to you too. She is, she is, she and I are our best buds. We are kind of the yin and the yang and I'm the dark haired one. She's the blonde and, you know, but we are peas in a pod. And so she is one of my very, very best friends and a a brilliant author as well in her own right. So I know that you will enjoy talking to her. 
But this has been such a special edition of Dead Folks Tales and our, our undead and our fantasy worlds and all of those things that we've had a chance to talk about. Thank you so much for joining me, Charlene. And I look forward to talking to you again. It's truly been a joy. Oh, well, thank you. I've enjoyed it too, Nola. Oh, thank you so much. And guys, this has been Dead Folks Tales. It is a copywritten podcast of Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. And we will see you next time. Dancing on the fire.